Blog Talk Radio. Prophetic Grace Network. This is the live internet broadcast of Secrets Revealed. Understand the book of Revelation from start to finish. Praise the Lord. We are talking about the purple and scarlet prophecy. The purple and scarlet prophecy, prophecy number eight. It's the eighth vision, the eighth moving picture with sound. The eighth movie, the eighth documentary, John the Revelator was shown when he was called up to heaven. In the book of Revelation, the last book of 66 books in the Holy Bible, in the book of Revelation, in chapter 4, John the Revelator reports how he was called up to heaven and subsequently supernaturally transported to heaven And an angel of the Lord assigned to him begins to show him documentaries about end-time events. He begins to share those with us, beginning with verse 1 of chapter 5. He's shown one documentary after another. Think about it this way. He watched Rocky 1, then he watched Rocky 2, then he watched Rocky 3, then he watched Rocky 4. He kept going until he got to the end of the series. So how many documentaries are in the series in the book of Revelation? By my analysis, there are 12. There are 12 documentaries. The first one is the Seven Seals documentary. The second one, the Seven Trumpets. The third, the 1,260 Days documentary. The fourth one, the 666 Antichrist documentary. The fifth one is the 144,000 First Fruits documentary. The sixth one is the Earth Reap documentary. Now let's backtrack for a second. What are these documentaries about? Each one is about key events at the end of the age. The last three are about events after the second coming of Jesus Christ. The first nine are about events leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. For example, the third documentary, the 1,260 Days documentary, is about what happens when the Antichrist wages war against Israel. It reveals the backstory. It reveals the reality of Satan being thrown from heaven, being exiled from heaven, coming down to our present earth, and the upcoming great tribulation, which is a time of great distress. 
for those who are biological Jews who are living in Israel and worshiping in the rebuilt third temple. The fourth documentary, the 1,260 Days documentary is the third. The fourth one is the 666 Antichrist documentary. That reveals the reality of the war on Israel being expanded to include Christians everywhere after a great flood that comes upon Israel at the beginning of the Great Tribulation. The fifth and sixth documentaries are about the resurrection. What happens after the Great Tribulation? It lasts for a finite period of time, only 42 months, but it will be a time of great distress. The Bible says it will be a time of distress greater than what we've ever had and greater than what we'll ever have afterwards on this earth. The seventh documentary is about the wrath of God. The Great Tribulation is the wrath of Satan. But after the first resurrection, the people who are left here on this present earth, they experience the wrath of God. The Seven Plagues documentary, that's documentary number seven. And then we find ourselves where we are tonight. Tonight, we're talking about the purple and scarlet prophecy. When the angel of the Lord pours out the seventh and final plague, there's a great earthquake, greater than there's ever been on the earth. So I read that the greatest earthquake was 9.5 on, on the Richter scale, so it will exceed that. One of the things that happens when the seventh and final plague is poured out is that God remembers the sins of Babylon. So in that timing, in other words, subsequent to Following the pouring out of the seventh and final plague is the destruction of Babylon. The purple and scarlet prophecy is a documentary about one of the events that happens when the seventh final plague is poured out. So at the end of Revelation chapter 16, we hear what happens when the seventh final plague is poured out let's go there now and it's mentioned in revelation 16 here it is revelation chapter 16 verses 17 to 20 then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air and a mighty shout came from the throne in the temple saying it is finished Then the thunder crashed and rolled and lightning flashed, and a great earthquake struck, the worst since people were placed on the earth. The great city of Babylon split into three sections. So you heard that. The great city of Babylon split into three sections. Then it says, and the cities of many nations fell into heaps of rubble. So things are happening in many places on the earth. But then it goes back to Babylon. It says, so God remembered all of Babylon's sins, and he made her drink the cup that was filled with the wine of his fierce wrath. Now, the purple and scarlet prophecy is about 
how does this city experience the drinking of the cup filled with the wine of the fierce wrath of God? So often we see in these documentaries at the very end, there's a little bit about a key event, and then later that key event has its own documentary where we get all the details. So Revelation chapters 17, 18, and the first five verses of chapter 19 are all about God's wrath, the wine of his fierce wrath, being drunk by Babylon, which is the city. That's the headquarters for the one world religion, the harlot church that will dominate, that will dominate, dominate the hearts of men and women here on this earth. Uh, I'll give you another example. At the end of Revelation chapter 14, That's the earth reap prophecy. It's mentioned that the blood flows for 180 miles. At the very end, after talking about the reality of the resurrection, there's a fast forward in time to talk about the Battle of Armageddon, but the Battle of Armageddon is not described in its own documentary until we get to documentary number nine. That's the one after the Purple and Scarlet documentary and the Marriage Supper documentary. Okay. So... Let's get to it. Let's talk about the Purple and Scarlet documentary. It's a, uh, when it's written down with words, as we read it in the Bible, we refer to it as a prophecy. But as John was experiencing it, it was a documentary. It was moving pictures with sound that he watched. These moving pictures with sound we would refer to in today's vernacular as a movie. But he didn't have the benefit of your cell phone or your video camera. So instead of recording it, he wrote down everything he saw and heard. And so as we read it, we refer to it as a prophecy. But in fact, he experienced it as a documentary. He watched it in the same way that I am going to watch Planet of the Apes on May 24th of 2024. All right. Now, At the end of Revelation chapter 18, we hear the reaction, we hear the reaction of folks who see the destruction of Babylon. Let's go to that. Revelation chapter 18, we're reading from verse 9. To verse 24 Revelation 18 verse 9 to verses 9 to 24 think about this during the great tribulation Babylon is going to be the financial capital of the world so not only is it the headquarters for the harlot church but it will be the financial capital of the world it will amass so much wealth that the consumption of individuals who reside in that city will make the merchants of the world rich. So this is a place where business people everywhere, they will go to sell their goods. Today when people want to make a lot of money, 
They want to get their products sold in the United States of America. It's a very big deal to have your products sold uh, in America. People, uh, I'll pause there. I'll pause there. But during the New World Order, during the reign of the Ten Nation Alliance led by the Antichrist, the Ten Nation Alliance will dominate economic and political affairs. During this reign, the headquarters for the Harlot Church, a city referred to in the Bible as Babylon, the city of Seven Hills, Today we refer to that city as Rome, and the Bible is referred to as Babylon in Revelation chapters 17 and 18. It's going to be so wealthy. If you can imagine the wealth of New York City and Dubai and Hong Kong all in one and even more, that's how wealthy this city will be. So, Let's fast forward in time. This city, a very wealthy city, it has been destroyed by fire. And we pick up here Revelation chapter 18, verse 9. It says, And the kings of the world who committed adultery with her and enjoyed her great luxury will mourn for her as they see the smoke rising from her charred remains. So Rome is the headquarters for the Harlot Church. The final pope is the false prophet. And when the kings of the world do business with the Harlot Church, when they choose to take the mark of the beast and engage in worship. Following the edicts of the harlot church, they're committing adultery. They're cheating on their true creator and giving their affections to a false god. So instead of being in intimacy with the true God, Jesus Christ, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, They're giving their affection, they're giving themselves to a false god under the leadership, under the direction of the false prophet who will uh, be the final pope. So it says, and the kings of the world who committed adultery with her, talking about the harlot church and the headquarters for the harlot church, and enjoys her great luxury, will mourn for her as they see the smoke rising from her charred remains. They will stand at a distance, terrified by her great torment. They will cry out, How terrible, how terrible for you, O Babylon, you great city! In a single moment, God's judgment came on you. The merchants of the world will weep and mourn for her, For there is no one left to buy their goods. She bought great quantities of gold, silver, jewels, and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, and scarlet cloth, things made of fragrant thion wood, ivory goods, and objects made of expensive wood, and bronze, iron, and marble. 
She also bought cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, olive oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, wagons, and bodies. That is human slaves. You heard that right. The one world religion, the harlot church, is going to practice slavery. In other words, they are going to purchase human slaves. They will be an institution that's an active participant in human trafficking. Now you might wonder, how is it that the one world religion will become so wealthy? Well, think about this. If a mega preacher in the United States of America or Singapore or the United Kingdom or any place, if the preacher for a mega church tells the flock, God told me that you need to send me $1,000, and half of them do it, pretty soon he's amassed a lot of wealth. Now, the one world religion, which is led by the false prophet, that will be the final pope, they are going to tell people that to be in right standing with God, they need to send them money. Tithing is a biblical principle. We're supposed to give where we're, where we're fed. But we tithe under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit where God tells us to give. Not where we're begged, but where we're fed, as I heard one Bible teacher say. So you might say, I don't see how Rome could become so wealthy. So Rome will be the headquarters for the one world religion led by the final pope, final pope the false prophet, and all of the funds from the other religions that will work in tandem underneath the harlot church. They will create agreements indicating that they are all worshiping the same God. The Antichrist will declare that he is God, that he is the Mahdi, that he is, and the list will go on. Of course, he isn't. So all of that wealth, that would go to local churches will flow straight to the coffers, straight to the coffers of the one world religion whose headquarters will be the city of Seven Hills, referred to in Revelation chapter 17, that is Rome. Now what else is going to happen as the city is being destroyed. Let's continue. Revelation 18, verse 14. The fancy things you loved so much are gone, they cry. All your luxuries and splendor are gone forever, never to be yours again. The merchants who became wealthy by selling her these things will stand at a distance, terrified by her great torment. They will weep and cry out, how terrible, how terrible for that great, city 
She was clothed in finest purple and scarlet linens, checked, uh, decked out with gold and precious stones and pearls. In a single moment, all the wealth of the city is gone. Now let's talk about this. Purple and scarlet linens are mentioned several times in the purple and scarlet prophecy. Let's talk about that. So I mentioned that Babylon is the city of seven hills as noted in Revelation 17. Let's talk about purple and scarlet and how that is another secret in the book of Revelation that points to, that illuminates the reality, the identity of the harlot church, the one world religion promoted by the one world government during the Great Tribulation. So I'm going to do an Internet search, doing an Internet search to talk about talk about the norms that are used in the one world religion. Uh, I see on one website, one website about Catholicism, it talks about Catholicism, colors worn by cardinals and bishops, and it says purple is worn by bishops, and uh, let's go there. And the other in the leadership, it says, Cardinals wear scarlet red as an outward sign of their willingness to shed their blood in defense of the Catholic faith. You might say, research scientists, I've never heard that before. So I'm on a website, simplycatholic.com. So this is a website supporting Catholicism sharing information for those who uh, practice it and who are participants. And, again, we're reading from the Bible. It says that this city is clothed in the finest purple and scarlet linens. And here on the website, simplycatholic.com, it says, Today's understanding that the cardinals wear scarlet red as an outward sign of their willingness to shed their blood in defense of the Catholic faith. Okay. And it says, during liturgical ceremonies, a bishop or cardinal will wear the choir cassock, which is entirely purple or red. So, I've looked at uh, several sites. They all talk about how bishops and cardinals wear purple and scarlet. They don't say purple and red or violet and uh, burgundy. They specifically use the language purple and scarlet when talking about the colors worn by leadership in the Catholic Church. Is it a coincidence that those are the exact same words, the exact same colors mentioned over and over again 
in the book of Revelation when talking about the harlot church, the one world religion in the purple and scarlet prophecy in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 17 and 18, as well as verses 1 to 5 of chapter 19? I don't think so. I don't think it's a coincidence. Now, let's say we only had that to indicate the identity of the one world religion. We could say, well, it's a possibility it could be something else. But we also have the clue in Revelation chapter 17 talking about is Babylon. What is Babylon? We also have the clue. Let's go there. It says, um, In Revelation chapter 9, the seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. And who is the woman? So the seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules, talking about uh, the one world government. Verse 18 of chapter 7 says, and this woman you saw in your vision represents the great city that rules over the kings of the world. So the woman, the woman is the great city. The woman is Babylon. And Babylon, let's go back here, talking about the seven hills. So the woman is the great city, and it says the seven heads of the beast represents the seven hills where the woman rules. So the seven hills, the city of seven hills has been referred to for millennia as Rome. So you might say, are you sure about that? Let's do an Internet search. I'm going to type in the city of seven hills. I'm going to regular Internet engine, and what comes up in Britannica? Seven Hills of Rome, Wikipedia, Seven Hills of Rome, Uh, TripAdvisor, Seven Hills of Rome, Heritage History, City of the Seven Hills. This short history of Rome is part of a four-book set. Memoirist.org, another site uh, talking about it. Um, Interestingly, Rome is discussed many times in the Bible, and the second temple in 70 A.D. was destroyed by the Romans. So we see that Rome has an interesting place in history reported in the Bible, and in end-time events. So what does it all mean? We are going to see Rome become a city of fantastic and enormous wealth. It's going to be a financial powerhouse. It's going to exceed anything that we've ever seen. In one place in the Bible, it talks about Thebes and how Thebes was an amazing city, and yet 
in the end, it came to naught. Even though it had unlimited help from Ethiopia and another place, in the end, it came to naught because it was outside of the will of God. And the headquarters for the Harlot Church, Rome, the Harlot Church is under the leadership, the inspiration of Satan, Satan and the Antichrist and the false prophet are all headed to destruction. And the city, the headquarters for the one world religion that's going to deceive every, they're going to be people in every nation that choose to worship the Antichrist. They're going to take the mark of the beast. They're going to worship the statue of the Antichrist commissioned by the false prophet as described in Revelation chapter 13. But in the end, despite all the pomp and circumstance, despite all of the luxury and the glamour and the excitement that surrounds the wealth of this city and the power of this city, it's going to be destroyed by fire, cannot allow ourselves to be seduced by the things in this world. Now, the one world religion is coming. The one world religion is coming. We need to know that there is a false Christianity There's a harlot church that will soon come into great power, power greater than any other religion that's ever been on the earth in the sense that it's going to consume the hearts and minds of billions of people. Now, what does it say about that? What does it say about the one world religion in the purple and scarlet prophecy? Let's go there. Revelation chapter 17, verse 1, it says, One of the seven angels who had poured out the seven bowls came over and spoke to me. Come with me, he said, and I will show you the judgment that's going to come on the great prostitute who rules over many waters. So let's pause for a second. The woman we learned earlier, the woman is the great city that rules over the kings of the world, and this woman is a prostitute. How is it that she's a prostitute? She's the headquarters for the harlot church. So the harlot church and its headquarters are working together in tandem. so the power emanates from this city that houses the leadership for the final pope, the false prophet. And they are going to rule over, it says, many waters. That's referring to many nations. Then it says in verse 2, the kings of the world have committed adultery with her. And the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. 
It's immoral to practice astrology. It's immoral to practice ancestor worship and sorcery and witchcraft, and the list goes on. People will give their affections to a false god, thereby committing adultery. Anyone who takes the mark of the beast is an adulterer in the eyes of God. And so when the leaders of this world, when they make the one world religion, the religion for their country, I was listening to a Christian program a few months ago, and a young lady was giving her testimony, and she said that her family was from Haiti, and she had all kinds of problems due to the influence of voodoo in her bloodline. And she shared that in Haiti, the national religion is voodoo. I believe that the leaders of many nations, they are going to make the national religion for their country, the one world religion, the false Christianity. They're going to make it the religion promoted by the false prophet, the final pope. And the final pope let the church led by the final pope, they are going to create agreements that allow religions that don't acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord, they're going to make agreements saying that we're all worshiping the same God, that we're all uh, worshiping the same God. They're going to deny the deity of Jesus Christ. They're going to deny that Jesus is Lord. They're going to declare that the Antichrist is God. Now, let's continue in verse 3. It says, So the angel took me in the spirit into the wilderness. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had seven heads and ten horns, and blasphemies against God were written all over it. So the scarlet beast is the Antichrist. The scarlet beast is the Antichrist. The woman is the headquarters for the harlot church. It says, The woman wore purple and scarlet clothing. So what is this city, Rome? What are they wearing in Rome? They're wearing what the leadership wears. Who are the leaders in Rome? The leaders are those who report to the false prophet, that report to the final pope. The final pope and the false prophet are the same individual. And it says the woman wore purple and scarlet clothing again. You can go to simplycatholic.com or any site that talks about clothing worn by leadership in the Catholic Church, and you will see specifically that purple and scarlet are the colors worn by the bishops and cardinals for that church. It says, the woman wore purple and scarlet clothing and beautiful jewelry made of gold and precious gems and pearls. In her hand, she held a gold goblet full of obscenities and the impurities of her immorality. A mysterious name was written on her forehead, Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes. So Babylon the Great refers to uh, how great this city is. The headquarters for the one world religion will be 
during the Great Tribulation. And it says that Babylon the Great is the mother of all prostitutes again. The religions of this world, the false religions, they will uh, come under the leadership of a one-world religion. They will together declare that they are all worshiping the same God, which is the Antichrist, of course, who is a false god. It says, Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. I could see that she was drunk, drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. I stared at her in complete amazement. This one world religion is going to work in tandem with the scarlet beast, that's the Antichrist, to take out to take out God's holy people. Christians will be targeted by the one world religion for annihilation. Why? They don't want people to get in right standing with God the Father. Satan is actively recruiting for his roster. And Christians, we are actively recruiting for Jesus' roster. So every person is either Team Satan or Team Jesus. Those are the only two teams that go to the Super Bowl at the end of the world. There, There's no uh, Team 3. There's only Team Jesus and Team Satan. Now, verse 7 says, Why are you so amazed, the angel asked? I will tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns on which she sits. Okay, great. Let us hear the mystery. Then the angel says, The beast you saw was once alive but isn't now. Now, let's back up for a second. There are several beasts mentioned in this prophecy. In some instances, we hear about the scarlet beast, but we just heard that uh, there's a beast, the woman, and there's a beast with seven heads and ten horns on which she sits. That's a different beast. In the book of Revelation, these are the entities referred to as a beast. The Antichrist, the false prophet, Satan, and the Ten Nation Alliance. Quickly, let me tell you uh, where you can find that. So in Revelation chapter 13, in the first half, the Ten Nation Alliance is referred to as a beast. And then the Antichrist is referred to as the mouthpiece for the Ten Nation Alliance and therefore as a beast. At this, in the second half of Revelation 13, it mentions, quote, another beast, unquote. And then it goes on to explain that another beast is the false prophet who looks like a lamb but speaks like a dragon. In Revelation chapter 20, we're told that Satan is the beast that will be thrown into the bottomless pit where he will reside for a thousand years after the battle of Armageddon. So here in the purple and scarlet prophecy, Revelation uh, chapter 17, verse 8, it says, The beast you saw was once alive but isn't now, and yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. So that's talking about Satan 
Then it says, and the people who belong to this world, whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made, will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. Satan's going to be on this present earth. In Revelation chapter 12, the 1,260 days prophecy, we're told that at the end, at the end of the age, Satan's going to be exiled, thrown out from heaven. God's going to give the green light to the archangel Michael to throw Satan out of heaven. And when he's thrown out of heaven, he comes to earth and it says, Woe to the people on the earth, because Satan knows that his time is short. So... Those of us who are here during the Great Tribulation will be here uh, at that time when Satan is exiled from heaven and relegated only to this earth, but he has only a short time. Now, why is his time short? His time is short because after the Battle of Armageddon, an angel of the Lord gets into hand-to-hand combat with Satan. He dominates in that physical altercation, binds Satan up with some chains and then throws him into the bottomless pit underneath the earth. So his time is short to be on the earth. Now imagine a person's in heaven. There's no more. Uh, there's no place more wonderful than heaven than uh, a person or angel can be at. But Satan has misbehaved. You know, he's done more than that. When I say misbehaved, it sounds almost trivial. You know, Satan has worked in uh, egregious, inappropriate, uh, horrible ways. Finally, he's exiled from heaven, and he's relegated to earth. Then he's demoted from earth, and he goes to the bottomless pit, uh, so he, he's in that realm of Hades, underneath the earth. Okay, let's continue here in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. It says, this calls for a mind with understanding. The seven heads of the beast represents the seven hills where the woman rules. They also represent seven kings. Five kings have already fallen. Now reigns, and the seventh is yet to come, but his reign will be brief. So, that beast uh, is talking about uh, Satan. Then in verse 9, the seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. Um, then it says they also represent seven kings. Verse 11 says the scarlet beast that was but is no longer is the eighth king. Now you might say, how is the Antichrist the eighth king? So in the book of Daniel, and here we're told, that the beast has ten horns, that's ten kings. But we're also told in the book of Daniel that when the Antichrist rises unexpectedly, he's going to put down three of the kings. They're going to be plucked by the roots. When the Antichrist, somehow he's able to get them removed from power and leadership, so ten minus three is seven. When he has them removed... He rises as the eighth king. So the Antichrist is has all these titles. The little horn, that's one title in Daniel. Here in Revelation, the scarlet beast. 
Elsewhere, the Antichrist, also here in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy, he's referred to as the Eighth, eighth King. So in the Bible, um, and we're in the book of Revelation right now, the Antichrist is referred to as the Scarlet Beast and the Eighth King. Now you might say, how, does, how is it that the Scarlet Beast was but is no longer? Keep in mind that when the angel is showing these movies to John the Revelator, these documentaries, the end is known from the beginning. So from our perspective, uh, none of this has happened. But from the perspective of the angel who already knows what everything that's in the movie, right, in the documentary, God knows the beginning from the end and it has created these documentaries about future events. The destruction of the Antichrist after Jesus Christ has fought and won the Battle of Armageddon is a reality. So in our present, it's not a reality, but in the mind of the angel who has seen it already, it's already happened. So when it says the scarlet beast that was, but is no longer is the eighth king. That's just like it says, um, talking about uh, Satan earlier in earlier in this chapter, the beast that comes out of the bottomless pit. It refers to Satan in the same way. Let's go there for a second so we can see that it says the beast in verse. Eight, the beast you saw was once alive but isn't now, and yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit. So how can something be alive um, but isn't now and then is going to be alive again? So the first death, that's when an, uh, an entity or a human being experiences mortality due to the curse and then goes underneath the earth to Hades if the individual isn't in Christ. So the person is no more. The person is disembodied. But when the person is resurrected, when the person is outside the bottomless pit, then the person is again. All right. So let's continue here in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. The scarlet beast that was but is no longer is the eighth king. He is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. The ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. So during the Great Tribulation, there will be ten nations that form the one world government. They will dominate economic and political affairs. They will work in an alliance. This is the iron mingled with clay in the dream of Nebuchadnezzar uh, interpreted by Daniel. So in order to be powerful, they have to be in an alliance. So it's not like when uh, we had uh, the Medes and the Persians and they had a great kingdom or when Nebuchadnezzar had his kingdom. Nebuchadnezzar, it was just him dominating economic and political affairs. We've never seen anything like that in our lifetime. We have some superpowers, but we have not seen what we're going to see during the Great Tribulation where these ten nations are truly going to dominate uh, political and economic and affairs in a way that we have never seen before in our lifetime. So that's the iron mingled with clay, the ten toes referred to um, in the God dream that God gave Nebuchadnezzar and that Daniel interpreted. And here in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy it says, 
The ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. They will all agree to give him their power and authority. They're going to make the Antichrist their mouthpiece. And that's revealed in Revelation 13 in the 666 Antichrist prophecy. Together they will go to war against the Lamb. But the Lamb will defeat them because he is Lord of all lords and King of all kings. So this is referring to the Battle of Armageddon described in the Marriage Supper Prophecy, Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 to 21. Okay. So um, I see that we have a caller, 251342. This is a talking program. We want to hear from you. I'm going to come to you now, 251342. 251342. Oh, it looks like we lost 251342. I don't know if uh, I did something wrong on my end. I don't think I did. I meant to unmute you. Uh, Now, you might be listening at 251, you had your hand up, so I was coming to you, but maybe you were listening, and you said, I just want to listen, I don't want to talk. So you could call back in. Um, when you press 1, that raises your hand, I'll call on you, but if you don't press 1, then I won't. I'll know you're using the phone to listen. Okay, let us continue talking about the purple and scarlet prophecy. Revelation chapter 17 Verse 16 says, the scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. They will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. Now, this is an incredible secret. This is an incredible secret here. In Revelation 18, it's revealed that Rome is going to be destroyed by fire. And that that reflects the wrath of God. But here, we're told that it's the Antichrist and the kings in the ten-nation alliance that are going to be responsible for taking out the headquarters of the one-world religion. Now, why are they going to do that? Here, verse 17, we get the answer. For God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. Now, what are the purposes of God? It was revealed in Revelation chapter 16. The purpose of God is for the harlot church and its headquarters to drink the wrath of God, to drink the wine from the cup of God's wrath. God remembers the sins of the one world religion, the false religion, the harlot church. And so it says here, for God has put a plan into their minds. Who's there? The scarlet beast, the eighth king, that's the Antichrist. For God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. Whose purposes? God's purposes. So the Antichrist, he thinks that, He's going to fool the world into thinking that he's God, but he has never been God. He will never be God, and he's going to be used as God's puppet. God's going to have him carry out God's plans, God's plan to destroy the headquarters of the one world religion. It says they will 
agree to give their authority to the scarlet beast, and so the words of God will be fulfilled. And this woman you saw in your vision represents the great city that rules over the kings of the world. So this woman is a great city. The woman is a prostitute. The woman is the headquarters for the harlot church. It's the one world religion, those two things uh, working hand in hand, two sides of the same coin. So I want you to think about the reality that the Bible is the infallible word of God. There is a one world religion that's coming. There's the promise of peace a false peace that's going to be made. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. The Antichrist is not the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We will not have peace on this earth until Jesus Christ fights and wins the Battle of Armageddon. Don't be deceived by the promises of the final pope, the false prophet. Don't be deceived by the supernatural power of Satan to generate miracles performed by the false prophet. That's the final pope. There will be astounding miracles, it says in Revelation chapter 13, even calling down fire from heaven that the false prophet will do under the inspiration and through the supernatural power of Satan. Just because something is a miracle doesn't mean it's a miracle from God. A miracle can be a miracle from Satan. Now, how do you know if a miracle is a miracle from God or if it's a miracle from Satan? If the miracle is performed by an individual who wears the mark of the beast or communicate that you or I or anyone should worship a statue of a person, then we know that that person is inspired by Satan and under the leadership of Satan. That person is team Satan, and so we can identify the works, the fruit of that individual as being counterfeit, a counterfeit miracle in other words it's not a true miracle it's not a miracle that emanates from the supernatural power of god the father instead it's a miracle that emanates from the supernatural power of satan now satan is a loser and a liar he's headed for destruction he's headed first to earth then he's headed to the bottomless pit then he'll be back for a short while then he's headed to gehenna the lake of fire You don't want to ally with Satan. You don't want to ally with the Antichrist. You don't want to ally with the false prophet because those three are enemies of God, and they are all headed to destruction. First, the Antichrist is headed to destruction. Then the false prophet is headed to destruction. Then Satan is headed to destruction. Finally, All who are team Satan are headed to destruction. They're going to join him in the lake of fire. Now, in the end, those of us who are here during the Great Tribulation are going to have to make a decision. 
You're going to have to decide. Are you going to sing Kumbaya with the others who are deceived by the promise of peace offered by the Antichrist and the false prophet? Are you going to sing Kumbaya? Are you going to take the mark of the beast? Are you going to participate in the economy of the one world government? Or are you going to come out from among them? Let's go to that. Let's go to that scripture. Prophet Randy Chandler has been uh, talking a lot about that scripture. Let's go there now. Revelation 18. I believe it's Revelation 18, verse 5. Let's see. Let's go there. Revelation 18, verses 4 and 5. Then I heard another voice calling from heaven, Come away from her, my people. Do not take part in her sins, or you will be punished with her. For her sins are piled as high as heaven, and God remembers her evil deeds. If you are part of the harlot church, the false Christianity, the one world religion led by the final pope, the false uh, prophet, then you are going to be punished with her. Now, this is not my decision. This is not the will of uh, Nicole, the research scientist. This is the will of God, the plan of God. It's a soon coming reality. They have to make a decision. Are you going to partake in her sins and be punished with her? Or are you going to remain faithful so that you will be victorious and keep the crown of life that Jesus is going to give you? Now, when it says, come away from her, my people, it's talking about the woman. Who's the woman? The woman is the city. What is the city? It's the headquarters for the one world religion. What's the one world religion? It's the religion promoted by the leaders who wear purple and scarlet. It's the religion where the headquarters is the city of seven hills. Come away from her, my people. Do not part. Do not take part in her sins. One translation says, "Do not partake," but this translation says, "Come away from her, my people. Do not take part in her sins, or you will be punished with her." I want to tell you a quick story. Uh, years ago, when I was growing up, I went to a school where they practiced what they call traditional religion, essentially ancestor worship, and. Uh, it was a, a small community, a very tight knit community. A people where a, a community where people really, really love each other. You can go to people for help, and they will help you, and they can come to you for help, and of course, you will help them. But it came a day, and an hour, when I found out that Jesus is the only way to the Father. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. 
And when I found that out, I had to come out from among them so that I won't partake of their sins. Now, these folks who are worshiping false gods, they're doing animal sacrifices. Uh, uh, they're they're doing all kinds of things. Uh, they're engaging in adultery with a prostitute. Essentially, that's the way that God looks at it. They're becoming one. They're giving their their affection to a false god. The story that I want to tell you, my story, is that it was very, very hard for me to come out from literally uh, dozens, uh, many, I can't count how many people that I grew up with for decades, people that I love and who love me, but people who are in deception, people who are worshiping false gods, people who are allowing demonic spirits to enter them during rituals, people who are doing animal sacrifices and worshiping ancestors, people who are worshiping false gods and singing chants and doing dances to celebrate false gods. If you are a part of the one world religion, what you are doing is no different than what I was doing. Now, it's very easy when I tell you, oh, these were individuals who were worshiping ancestors. It's very easy. It's very easy to recognize that as something that's outside of the will of God and not connected to the reality of Jesus. But I'm telling you, According to the Bible, the one world religion is going to deceive people with her sorceries. It's a false version of Christianity. It's the harlot church. I'm not asking you to do something I haven't done. If you're in the one world religion today, and it hasn't become the one world religion, but that religion is already here, but it's going to spread, it's going to grow, it's going to adopt as a mother these other religions and allow these other religions to come up under it, thereby making it the mother of all prostitutes, the mother of all false religions on God's green earth. If you are a part of the harlot church, you are partaking in her sins. And God says that everyone who partakes in her sins will be punished. And his instruction to me, his instruction to you is, come away from her, my people. Do not take part in her sins. Who's her? The woman, the prostitute. The one world religion led by the false prophet, the final pope. Now, it's very hard to leave something that you have a lot of emotional ties to, where people that you love and respect are are still there, believing, worshiping, uh, connected to it. You might lose some friends in the process of coming out from uh, among them. When you choose to turn your back on the harlot church, 
particularly if you've been in it a long time, you might lose some friends. You might become disconnected from a parent or a son or a daughter. Don't worry about that. What happens to your life eternally, your eternal reward depends on your ability to make a right decision here. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's painful to lose a relative, uh, to lose a best friend, to lose um, a community that you've been a part of. But if those communities, if that community that you've been connected to is leading you to a path of destruction, is keeping you on the roster for Team Satan, it's worth it to experience the pain of separation in order to gain the pleasure of eternal life, the pleasure that comes from being in right standing with God, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding because you know you have the victory in Jesus Christ. Don't assume that the day of salvation is somewhere off in the distant future. Today is the day of salvation. You may or may not be here in five years, ten years, Five weeks, you need to make sure that you're in right standing with God. You want to make sure that you are not partaking in the sins of the harlot church identified in the book of Revelation in the purple and scarlet prophecy. Now, don't be mad at me when I read the words of the Bible. Listen. The Bible is the infallible word of God, and the truth will set you free. I'm excited about what God's revealing here on PGN. Lots of things are happening. I invite you and encourage you to be with us. Our main PGN program is coming up in less than uh, 55 minutes at 9 uh, 9 p.m. Central Time. That's 10 p.m. Eastern. We're going to have Prophet Randy Chandler doing, uh, I believe, uh, Blood Over the door- Doorpost. It's communion night. Thursdays are communion night for PGN. So please be with us. You can listen by phone, one three one nine five two seven six seven three seven. That's the number for our uh, upcoming evening program. You can also listen by internet, blogtalkradio.com forward slash two witnesses. That's the number two witnesses. That's the website for uh, Prophet Randy Chandler's 9 p.m. Central uh, program. That's our main program for PGN. It's on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night. On Monday, we have uh, teaching, revelating, and prayer. You can call in to talk one-on-one with Prophet Randy Chandler. Tuesday we have the same thing, teaching, revelating, and praying with folks one-on-one. Tuesday on Wednesday, Pray Over Unite. So that's where 
every person who calls, every person who calls gets personal prayer from Prophet Randy Chandler. That's on Wednesdays. And on Thursdays, we have communion. Thursdays uh, are communion night for PGN. So I invite you to be uh, with us tonight uh, and every night as you can. You know, you have problems and pain today. Today, you want to connect to the Word of God so you can have the solutions of God, the peace of God, the promises of God. Don't wait till Sunday to connect to the people of God and the Word of God. Do it as often as you can. Find a way every day to stay connected to the power of God, to the Bible, to uh, people who are promoting uh, the truth as it is revealed in the Bible. So I want to encourage you to stay connected to PGN, stay connected to uh, Bible-based ministry where you find it and uh, as God leads you to do that. I hope that uh, you are able to do that with us. But the main thing is to just stay connected as God leads you. Uh, if you do that, you're going to be fine. I want to pray over you according to Revelation. There's a special prayer in the book of Revelation. I don't know if you know that. Revelation chapter 1 has a special uh, promise for everyone. So I'm going to pray that over you right now. Let's go to it. Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, it says, God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church. That's you and me. We are the church. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listen, that's you, to its message and obey what it says. So, friend and truth seeker, I declare and decree according to the word of God that you are blessed because you heard the words of the prophecy of the Purple and Scarlet uh, documentary today from the book of Revelation. You heard the words of prophecy, and you listened to the message, and you are obeying what it says. So how can you obey the words of the purple and scarlet prophecy so that you can be blessed? Let's go to that instruction. There's a specific instruction. This is how you can obey so you can be blessed. It says, Revelation chapter 18 Verse 4, come away from her, my people. Do not take part in her sins, or you will be punished with her. So I praise God that you will not take part in the sins of the one world religion. You will not take part in the sins of the harlot church. You will not take part in the sins of... of the religion promoted by the false prophet in those individuals who wear purple and scarlet, and therefore you will not receive the punishment of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, friend and truth seeker. God bless you, and until next time, be blessed. Amen.